In this episode of the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast, I have a special, special guest. We recorded this Monday night. It is Craig Porter Jr. Craig Porter Jr. was undrafted, but picked up by the Cavaliers, signed a two-way contract. One of the more unique stories in the 2023 NBA draft. He is a 6'2 rebounding machine shot blocker. So in this interview, we talk about his unique path to the NBA Summer League and to the NBA. Stay tuned. Big shout out to each and every person that's made the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast your first listen of the day. I'm your host, Rafael Barlow, the director of scouting for NBA Big Board and the founder of NBA Draft Junkies. Like I mentioned in the opening, this interview is with Craig Porter Jr. Again, I've said it multiple times already, a very unique story. Played junior college basketball, wasn't highly recruited out of high school, goes to Wichita State, survives coaching changes there, and just had one of the more unique stat lines in, in college basketball this season and right now he's playing for the Cavaliers so here is my interview with Craig Porter Jr. All right I'm live here I won't name the hotel but I don't, I don't need stalkers coming up but I'm live here with Craig Porter Jr. One of the best stories in the 2023 draft cycle thanks for coming on I know it's late I know you you just had a game today but my first question is has it hit you yet that, that you signed your NBA contract and you are one of the, the chosen few that makes it? Has it hit you? Uh, honestly, nah, it, it hasn't hit me. Uh, it's been similar situations like this, uh, but nah, it, it hasn't hit me. Uh, I mean, but even even just talking with my family and seeing how excited they, they've all been, uh, it's kind of hit, but I don't think it's going to fully hit until I actually suit up and, and get on that court. So you've been playing well in summer league. Right now, you guys are three and zero. I think you're the only team that's played three games. So, is has has the the game been different for you playing playing in summer league compared to college? Uh, yeah, it's a, a lot different. Uh, just the overall speed of the game, uh, learning how your new teammates play, uh, just trying not to do too much on the court. I mean, I, I feel like a lot of people come out here, they want to showcase how well they can score and just try to do a lot of extra things. And uh, really, I mean, I just let the game come to me every game. I'm getting more comfortable uh, just playing the way I play, and it's worked out. And how you play it, I've kind of joked with you offline. How are you a six-two rim protector? Like, like, where does where does that come from? Um, honestly, I don't know. It's it's probably the weirdest thing ever. When I was a kid, I wanted to be a big man. Uh, we used to play on like the goals outside our house, real low. So mm -hmm. I would always be dunking and stuff, even though I was small. But uh, really, like, just eight and a half foot. Yeah, yeah. I, my favorite player for a long time was like Rondo and Dwight Howard, and this was like twenty combination. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's the weirdest combo. But really, just Dwight having that defense and Rondo just being that all-around player kind of like I kind of tried to mix those two somehow into my game and uh, I mean it, it really just is something I just figured out I could do and I just just put that effort into it and it works out it makes sense because I was gonna ask like who did you pattern your, your game after but I, I see the Rondo where you can basically dominate a game and only score like 10 points but but you can't score Weren't you like the only player in the nation to like rank in the top, was it like 50 and like blocks and assists or something like that? It was some crazy stat. Yeah, yeah it was something, which, something like that. Which I think Summer League is kind of built for you because there are guys that can score. 
and they can score in summer league, but that won't be their role in the NBA. And then with, with your game, like I said, you can change it without without scoring. You you get your assists, your steals, your blocks, even though they've probably been cheating you <laughs> on the blocks. So I want to talk about your, your your background. You came from JUCO, so your route is totally different than everybody else's. I mean, most of these guys in the summer league were high school stars, some one and done. They've been it. They've been the man their whole life, and you have like the epitome of an underdog story. Tell me about that JUCO experience and how it's prepared you for for right now. Um, you know, the JUCO route is a little different. Uh, I mean, there's no rules. There's there's no telling what can happen. Um, so really, I mean, one of my coaches there, I mean, my head coach there, he was he was one that just kind of pushed me. Uh, every day was challenging. I mean, there was times where we had five and six hour practices and this you sometimes you, you contemplate on quitting and you're just like, man, this is some of the hardest things I've done in my life. Uh, that sounds like Europe. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's crazy. Like and it's like, it's times where you might miss a meal. You're, like our coach, he had to order us pizzas a lot of nights because we would miss the calf because we practiced so long. And it's just, just a bunch of little things and it makes you appreciate uh, a lot of the things you get down the road. So really when I just got to this point and any opportunity I was getting at this point, it just, it just made me cherish it and go even harder because I know where I came from. So how did you end up at a, at a JUCO, and how did like the the big schools pass on you? Uh, coming out of high school, uh, I can't I really blame the schools too much because I didn't have the best grades. But also uh, a lot of even the schools in my city, uh, they and in the state, they passed up on me. So really, JUCO was my only option. And even I told my parents if I didn't get a a scholarship anywhere, I wasn't gonna go to college because I didn't want to have to deal with the debt or anything. So I mean. A couple of college uh, coaches, I mean, D1 coaches and other little schools, they had reached out, but I, I think my grades were a little too bad to go there. So, I mean, the JUCO route was kind of, I feel like, my best option, even if I had other looks, just because I felt like my game and overall maturity needed to develop. And uh, really, I mean, it, it's, it just got me to this point, so I feel like it was the right thing to happen, even though it might not have been what I wanted. Uh, is Indiana State in your hometown? Yeah, that's in my hometown, yeah. They they passed, they kind of passed up on me out of uh, Juco, too. It's crazy. I thought they would have been, like, one of the first ones to reach out, but. And then how did you choose Wichita State? Uh, one of my mentors, actually, uh, when I was through high school, he actually was at, uh, not Wichita State, Indiana State uh, coaching, and then he went to Wichita State as I was going into my second year. So he was just somebody I trusted, uh, really just every day talking to me, coming to see me, just checking on me. Uh, so really I just followed him there, and he, he gave me the best guidance I could need. Now, now was he there the whole time, or did he did he end up leaving? Because the coach that you committed to wasn't the wasn't the coach that was yeah, there. Yeah, no. Uh, so when I had came in, uh, Greg Marshall was still the coach, and yeah. then I had came in the COVID year, and he got fired two weeks before our first game, uh, and then it was just a little rocky. But I mean, it was it was nothing nothing too crazy. I mean, even COVID was a little crazier than that, just the whole year. But then. Uh, the coach I had came to Wichita State for, he had just left this past year when I had hit the portal too. He went to Ball State, but I ended up staying because I had like my mom and some family up in Wichita. So. Oh, they they came out there yeah, too. Okay. My mom came out there. Yeah. I've been to a game there. It's I mean Kansas is a basketball crazy state. I didn't realize how how crazy Wichita State fans were, how 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 deep they are at at the games. Yeah. And then tell me about your, your pre-draft process. So I still feel like you were an underdog. You came to the NTX Combine, which I was in, in charge of 
picking the players. I was actually shocked that that we got you, yeah. in a sense, because um, you had you know you had built the name for yourself as, as a guy that could potentially get like a, a two-way or E10. So big thank you to you and, and your agent for taking a chance to come into uh, to the combine. But tell me about your pre-draft process. Uh, it was pretty fun. Uh, we were in Tampa most of the time, uh, but at first I had my first workout with Dallas. Uh, it was it was right before the combine and everything, and uh, it was it was pretty fun. And then I really after every workout I was getting more and more workouts just because I was doing so well in them, and a lot of teams were talking amongst each other. And really, I mean, I feel like after every workout I finished, it would just piggyback, and me and Ryan, my agent, would talk, and we just set up more and more workouts. And I mean, but everything throughout the pre-draft process was. I Amazing. I mean, we we were getting everything we needed, so it, it really prepared me for this. Isn't that weird that the teams talk? Like you would think that if you have a really good workout, the team is gonna make sure nobody else mm -hmm. finds you. So, uh, how many workouts did you have? Uh, I had I did nine of them, but I I had around sixteen or something like that I could have went 10 or 15 so but it, it was it got to being a lot I'm not gonna lie traveling just crisscrossing yeah, yeah going from the east coast to the west coast back all the way down south it was it was a lot do you feel like going into to the workouts you were still like an underdog and unknown uh yeah I do uh I feel like I mean, a lot of people knew I could play, but uh, there was a lot of questions, especially mm -hmm. surrounding how I play, uh, especially around my jump shot and uh, probably the age and the height. Um, but, I mean, really once I get in front of people and I just show them my overall game, they kind of get surprised. And that's really honestly what happened with just about every team. All right, more from Craig in a minute. But let's talk about bird dogs because bird dogs, they make you look good. Bird dogs are stretched khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog Shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. And they fit better than Lululemon and regular shorts because most of those shorts are made out of this stiff, restricted cotton, while Bird Dogs invented this cloud-knit fabric that looks good, just like khaki, but stretches, stretches, so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dog uses this anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. So go to birddogs.com, locked on NBA, enter the promo code locked on NBA for a free Yeti style tumbler. That is birddogs.com slash locked on NBA and use the promo code locked on NBA for a free Yeti style tumbler. You will not want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Big shout out to each and every person that has made the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast your first listen of the day. In the next episode, we're going to finish talking about the 2023 NBA Summer League that is going on in Las Vegas. We are close to the halfway point, so we'll just give a little bit of discussion and our thoughts on what we have seen because I think right now we're at the point where some of the higher drafted players are going to shut it down. It's going to give some guys who are at the back end of summer league rosters an opportunity to showcase their talent for not only the team they're playing for, other teams in the NBA and teams across the world. Do you think there were some guys that ran from you? Uh, I mean, we don't got to say the names, but nah, like I, yeah. <laughs> I look at it like, like this. If I'm an agent, right, and let's say I have a guy that's 19 or, or 20 
and I see your name on the workout, your experience, you can defend. Mm -hmm. Like, is that going to put my guy in the best position? So, right. do you think there are some guys that, that are running from you? Uh, I honestly don't know because I feel like a lot of people don't know me. But, mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like now a lot of people are starting to give me my respect a little more as the days and games and everything go by. But I don't think there was necessarily any workouts where anybody ran for me. But after the workouts I was in with some big-name people, they definitely – I feel like they definitely they knew who you were. Yeah. What was your mindset going into the workouts as far as were you trying to prove that you belong or was there something that you wanted to prove to teams that you could do that they may not have known that that was in your game? Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, really, a lot of my workouts, like I said, uh, they kind of questioned my consistent shooting. And, mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of them, I shot the ball pretty well, so I just tried to do that a lot. And uh, really just showing that, I mean, I know a lot of these guys who are in front of me that other teams are looking at. They can score the ball. They can do all these things. But really just my overall uh, feel for the game and just how I play, just all around, not just needing to be a, a scorer, just just showing that I can play in a role of any sort and uh, just just help any team, honestly. But how was draft night? Did you feel like there was a chance you were going to get drafted, or did you know that as soon as the draft is over that you you, you had something lined up? Uh, I was with my family. Uh, I was back in my city in Terre Haute uh, with a bunch of my family. We were watching the draft, but, I mean, I, I kind of already knew mm -hmm. the whole process of everything that was going to happen. But, I mean, it, it was always in my mind that there might be a chance, so I was just ready. But I kind of knew that whole night what was going to happen. Yeah, I think it's almost beneficial to go undrafted after maybe 40, mm -hmm. and then you and your agent can pick the spot that gives you the, the best opportunity. And Cleveland, obviously, they like defenders, mm -hmm. and uh, they had a, a really good defense. Have you had a chance to work with some of the, the players on the, on the actual roster, or has it just been like the summer league? Uh, it's been mostly summer league, uh, but... Throughout this whole little week and a half or two weeks I've been around most of the Cavs people, I've talked to a bunch of the guys, the bunch of them are out here too. Uh, I mean, a lot of them, they're, they're pretty cool. I mean, they give me a lot of advice, just, just talking to me about how what to expect, uh, really just, just a bunch of different things like that. And uh, I mean, everybody gets along pretty well. So, I mean, it's, it's a good group of guys. So, yeah, it's a young team, a lot of guys are around your age. Have you, have you been to Cleveland or did you come straight to Vegas? Uh, no, I was in Cleveland for about uh, almost two weeks, about a week okay. and a half. So, yeah, we was I got there before a bunch of the summer league guys, uh, me and Imani, we were down there for about a week before a bunch of the guys just getting individual workouts and meeting everybody and just, just really getting in the gym. And then everybody came and we had a couple practices with the summer league team. So. And this episode was brought to you by BetterHelp. And sometimes in life, we're faced with some tough choices and the path forward isn't always clear. I mean, there are plenty of times where you um, you just don't have the right direction. And the best example I can give was when I wanted to pursue working in sports and covering the NBA draft full time. It was a difficult challenge. Uh, the easier route was to not chase my dream. And sometimes you just need someone to, to talk to. And I, I wish I had someone to talk to throughout the process because a lot of times, unless someone has been through the same thing or made the same sacrifice, they may not understand. So whether you're dealing with decisions around your career, relationships, or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate your life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Trusting yourself to make these decisions that align with your values is like, it's like anything. The more you practice it, the easier it gets. 
And that is why BetterHelp would be perfect. I didn't have it back then, but looking back at it, I wish I would have used BetterHelp or, or, or BetterHelp was available. Now, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to fit your schedule. All you have to do is just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist. You can switch therapists at any time and there's no additional charge. So let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash LockedOnNBA. You will get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, better, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnNBA. Do you think playing with Amani has helped your exposure? Because he's a guy that, I mean, people on social media love him. Yeah. And, you know, he he has a weird underdog story in a sense because mm -hmm. he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated at 15. And the people that rock with him feel like, you know, he was unfairly treated by the media. I know for me, I had to, when I evaluated him, I had to take Imani, the name Imani Bates out of it. I started evaluating him as if his name was Imani Jones, and if I didn't know that he was compared to KD. And so I know a lot of people are watching. I mean, you see like the Frankie vision, yeah. but do you feel like that has helped like bring exposure to you playing with somebody that has such a, a, a big fan base? Uh, yeah, definitely for sure. Uh, just because, like you said, he's got that that support and that social media presence that everybody almost knows who he is every time me and him are anywhere people are stopping us asking for pictures and stuff but i mean it definitely i feel like exposes me to a little bit more of the social media side of things just because of that and uh i mean we we just kind of complement each other's game him being mm -hmm. that natural scorer and i can just play make and help him yeah. lighten up things i guess a little easier on the court for him so so what do you like to do off the court? Uh, I'm, a, I'm a pretty chill dude. Uh, I, don't, I don't really do much besides hang out with my, my girlfriend, family, or really just, just watching movies, playing video games. Like, I don't, I don't really like to step out the house. I'm just all about business, get my work done, go home. That's, that's, that's yes, about it. I mean, yeah. you know, there's, there's definitely nothing, nothing wrong with that. Um, Cleveland is a it's 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 not a small city but it's a big enough city where there's there's enough stuff to yeah. to to get into. All right, last last question. Um who who are like your biggest influences to help you get to to where you're at today? Um I would say probably really just my family. Outside of my family, I don't think there's anything that really influences me too much just because of how close we are. Probably mm -hmm. both my parents for sure. Uh, really just seeing everything my mom's accomplished uh, throughout the years. I mean, her going from how we have nothing to her making things happen. Just just being the, the go-getter she is, she kind of just, just paved that in my heart and made me the person I am and just mm -hmm. how I hold myself. Uh, so, I, I mean, I give everything, all the credit to her for doing everything she's done. Actually, I got one more question. Have you, had you met Sean Marion before? Uh, I have, yeah. yeah. He came to uh, one of our games, I want to say my sophomore year. And uh, he's, he's a big dude for sure. But uh, yeah. nah, he, he's pretty cool. I mean, I, I met him, talked to him a little bit, and he was just giving me a little bit of advice, just, just chatting with me. But he, he's a pretty cool dude. For those that don't know, the connection is they went to the same junior college. And so that's when I first heard of it. How do you pronounce it? Vincennes. Vincennes. Yeah. So that's when I first heard of it, probably in the, the early 90s. And I know around that time they, they were a powerhouse, yeah. and they were known mm -hmm. for, for – 
because most JUCOs are like in Texas and Florida, yeah. mm -hmm. and then um, they were really strong. And so that was the reason I was asking about about Sean Marion. I actually saw him at, at the game today. Oh, I didn't so, know. Yeah, he was at the Mavs game. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast. Big shout out to Craig Porter Jr. and his agent Ryan for setting this up. It is it is late, and uh, you know it's Las Vegas. He could be doing a lot of things, but he's sitting here with me. So big shout out to to, to Craig and Ryan. And we, we're out. Deuces. <laughs>